Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Houdat Jedi podcast. We are the Houdat Jedi Council. Fredo, Dave, and me, I'm Aaron. How you doing, guys? Hello. Good, good. How are you? Yeah, good. It's uh, Tuesday, and there are no tornadoes in sight, so that's good, you know. <laughs> we're ahead of the game this week. Or what? I was just saying, we're ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's, uh, yeah, the last couple of Tuesdays have been have been nuts. Um, but uh, today's kind of a special day. It's my mother-in-law's birthday, and it was also my grandmother's birthday. Um, I don't know how old she would have been. I can't remember right offhand, so... I'm a horrible grandson, but so happy birthday to those two people. Um, and we're going to talk about this in, uh, you know, in the, in the news, but happy Lego star Wars day. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. So this episode, we're going to have a little bit of fun. Um, we got some news to go over. We're going to talk about Lego star Wars. Um, I think we're also going to talk a little bit about moon Knight, uh, the new Marvel, uh, uh, show on Disney plus, and I might have something controversial to say, go figure. Um, and knowing how big of a Star Wars nut I am, it'll be very controversial. Um, but uh, then we're also, we're going to do a little thought exercise there and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Well, no, I'll just say it. It's um, if you had to recast the original trilogy, who would you pick for the roles? And um, we'll, that's so that to get your brain spinning as we go through this uh, um, opening stuff. Um, and so here real quick though, I have to tell you, so I had the electrician come to my house yesterday because we we're setting up our house to be able to run on a generator, like a little portable generator. So we don't have to sweat and, or, you know, have meat go bad, you know, anyway, they're there all day. And the guy, one of the workers, um, asked me, uh, can I use your restroom? I was like, what am I going to say? No, you know, pee in the yard. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so I was like, yeah, come on in. And he came in and uh, as he left the bathroom and you guys know in my house, there's that, that little bathroom, the hallway that leads to my room. Um, and there's, I have my return of the Jedi poster and he's just looking at that and he's going, Oh yeah. I said, man, this is, yeah, this is what I'm about. Yeah. This is, this is awesome. And I said, well, then you got to see this. And I opened up the door and I can't say what he said because you'd have to McClunky out about three fourths of it. But he was just swearing like, "My wife won't let me have any of this stuff." And I was like, "Well, that's one of your problems." Uh, <laughs> but um, so it was. Uh, and then I, um, when I went out because I was doing some work in the backyard, then uh, he and his other coworker were having a little Star Wars side conversation. So it was it was a rather fun moment. But yeah. It's always kind of fun when he's like, sees the poster and is like, well, here, take a look at this. And <laughs> my Star Wars room hits him in the face. Um, so It's an impressive collection. Most well, impressive. Indeed. It's, it's, it's right now kind of a mess. but um, uh, And it all started really in 1996. And maybe that should be an episode sometime of how I got all this. How It's like how I met your mother, how I got all this crap. Um because there are some key moments, and uh, but let's uh, let's start off with some trivia to get our brains focused on, and I'll try to find original trilogy questions so we can get our. It'll be a nice little warm up here. Um, all right, so Dave, I'm going to give this one to you, softball right to you. Um, what does Luke try and fail to lift from the murky swamp? 
An X-wing fighter. Isn't that that was like that was a big softball. That was a big. Very softball. much, yes. So do you take a pause? I know I I like the moment was cute, but did did we need Force Ghost? Was it really impressive that Force Ghost Luke could lift a X-wing out of the waters of Octo in uh, Rise of Skywalker? It's, a, it's another step forward in the corporal world interacting with our world because um, you saw Yoda with the lightning in the previous movie. I'm just um, talking about just the, I mean, I like fan service, but that was mm-hmm. like, I mean, that was almost unnecessary fan service, you know? But also, was it, but also mm-hmm. I was just going to say, is it callback to the original treatments? Yeah. You know, and this is what George Lucas was originally going to do was like, um, this is all going to be set in the here and the now, and then eventually we're going to go into the freaking afterlife, and uh, and you know what that looks like. And I still want to know what that would have looked like. Uh, somewhere he's got his ideas jotted down, and somebody needs to turn those ideas into a movie. I think but, I but. wanted at the end of Rise of Skywalker, I wanted all um force ghost like straight out of you know return of the king you know i wanted all force ghosts like throwing down and taking on the emperor but um that uh that didn't happen so anyway um all right well sorry i digress fredo yes okay i'm looking for original trilogy one okay what (laughs) another softball what manages to fire three laser bolts in Chewbacca's direction on the surface of Hoth? Oh, that would be the probe droid. The Imperial probe droid. Yes, sir. All right. Well, okay. Here's me now. Um, all right. Softball to me. Original trilogy. We're going for it here, guys. What planet does Princess Leia consider her home world? That would be looking for love in Alderaan places. So... Um, so there we go. We're, we're wound up. Um, I wanted to share something. I don't know if you guys, do you realize that on, uh, on Apple podcasts, we have one review. Just one, just one. I'm going to read it. Okay. Okay. Go for it. All right. So that's, I'm surprising you guys here. Um, he said, I'm surprised I haven't written a review of these fella for these fellas. There's definitely plenty of Star Wars podcasts, but the educated opinions and thought-evoking conversation held by these three men is truly enjoyable. I am not a huge EU fan, but they do break it down in easy-to-understand chunks. Uh, With up-to-date news, fun trivia in each show, and a different topic, I can't stress how much this show is a must to subscribe. Now, if you are familiar and love New Orleans, that makes the show all the more special. Always some NOLA sports talk peppered in with a hint of other city bumbles and an occasional guest that really deals the deal with these guys. Uh, They even sometimes have an in-person live trivia event that is awesome to watch. Um, Long story short, this show is hosted by three smart, funny, charismatic, and open-minded men with a childlike love for the best story that binds generations. You would be crazy to not subscribe now and start catching up. McClunky. Well, I, I think he meant McClunky. I think he spelled it wrong. With love crabby so yeah so thanks eddie (laughs) for some reason i was just i was going through my podcast app i was like i wonder if we have any reviews and we have one um so there we go 
That, Thank you, let me plug. Let me plug. If you would like to give us a review, it's always a helpful thing. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, yeah. But a good review. Yes. <laughs> the, the bad reviews don't help us all that much. Um, but uh, so yeah. Um, so okay. Well, they, we're warmed up now. So uh, I tell you what, Fredo, over to you for the news. How about that? Well, let's start with what you mentioned today. Today is happy, at long last, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga Day. We finally got the game. So, yeah, and I, I did download it um, eventually because I haven't been on my Switch recently. And so when I went, I went and I purchased it, well, it had to get in line between, be, behind a bunch of updates and um, Mario Kart 8 got updated and then it's just, it's a huge game, I think, because then it just took forever. And so I've only had like about 10 minutes to play it. Um, I was very confused because I was like an invisible character to start off with. Is there a setting or something that makes, gives you, or are you invisible to start off with? That might be a question of the camera. I know that they, one of the big deals that they did for this game, it's different, you know, in previous Lego Star Wars games, the camera was above you, and so you were looking down. Yeah, and okay. this one, particularly when you're shooting, it's over your shoulder. So it's uh, like or, Doom, is what you're saying. Or if you remember Resident Evil 4, where the camera got put kind of behind you. So sometimes that may come, if the camera's like too close, you might not see yourself. Or, uh, But yeah, no, it's uh, they've done a lot of work in the technology and the technology side of the game to just not just put the old games back in here, but they really chanced it up, snatched it up, made it a whole bigger deal than it was. Yeah, like I said, I had I had to work late, and then um, mm-hmm. uh, then it was feeding dogs and making dinner, and you know, then it was like, oh, crap, got to go report the, record the podcast. Um, so don't rely on my review just yet. I'll play it for the week, and we'll see what happens. But what, what reviews are you, are you guys seeing? Because I think you were attuned to these online today. Yeah, I, was, I saw a couple of, you know, like IGN gave it an eight. I want to say uh, Kotaku gave it something similar. Basically, all reviews have been really glowing about the game. Uh, they do mention the fact that, obviously, like most LEGO games, the fun is in their take on it. So expect a lot of the humor, expect a lot of the um, irreverent take on Star Wars that the previous LEGO Star Wars games gave you. And also, they're saying, like, it takes about an hour or so to complete each movie story mission but then you're allowed to go back and play with different characters so that um you will be able to unlock further areas within the hub world which they're supposed to be massive well speaking of which um i will say that apparently they hit you with uh um downloadable you know we we talked about this you know that's how they're going to nickel and dime us to death it's because i want to play you know, the Mandalorian. And so I'm going to have to spend five bucks to get those characters. But however, I was, this was in my Google news feed uh, today and it was an article um, from brick fanatics um, said more Lego star Wars, the Skywalker saga codes revealed. Um, Mm -hmm. So it says when the game was first announced, the Lego group produced a number of Lego star Wars sets that included exclusive codes for unlocking characters and ships Entering these codes in the extras menu will allow you to obtain the following. So I'll read them. Maybe I'll send you the link too, Dave, so we can put it in the notes or something. But Life Day gets you a gonk droid from the holiday special. Um, 
let's see here. W-R-O-S-H-Y-R gets you Darth Vader from the holiday special. I'm assuming the Lego holiday special. Um, Sidious will get you Emperor Palpatine. Shuttle gets you the Resistance Transport Shuttle. A-R-V-A-L-A-7 gets you the Razor Crest. And then, so they published those already. But in addition, it says, some gamers who already have leaked copies of the Lego Star Wars, the game, um, have discovered even more secret codes for unlocking characters. Um, so there are codes here for Rats Terrell, Newt Gunray, Poggle the Lesser, Tarkin, Vice Admiral Holdo, Dengar, Chewbacca from the Holiday Special, Poe Dameron from the Holiday Special, Dio from the Holiday Special, and C-3PO from the Holiday Special. Um, so yeah, all those codes. So I'll be able to get a lot of, a lot of guys. So yeah. And, uh, just to kind of hit, hit up further regarding the merchandising, uh, if you go into the Nintendo switch store, you can actually see some of them when they're going to come out. And I believe they're about $3 each two ninety nine plus tax, but they've already announced, uh, character packs for like the likes of Mandalorian season one, mm-hmm. uh, with a non-playable Grogu. You cannot play as baby Yoda. Mandalorian Season 2, which will include Ahsoka and Boba Fett. Uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, you're going to have a, a Trooper pack. You're going to have a Bat Batch pack. You're going to have a Rogue One pack. So they're all supposed to be coming out within the next month or so. So at least they're not hitting you all up, all of them at the same time. So you have to go out and spend all that money all at once. But they're spacing it out so you get to play with all these characters. And Dave, what have you been reading about... Because you sent us a review as well, right? Yeah, pretty much just echoing what Fredo said, which is just like it's um, generally positive, you know. Um, is there such a I'll... thing as a bad Lego game? Oh, that's a tough one. I, you know, my kids have like a lot of them, uh, and they always really enjoy them all. I, you know, for me, I get a little tired of the genre of, because that, they're simple. Um, typically they're pretty easy. Um, and they're like a little bit of a challenge. So, um, I think I'd say that's the downside, but if you're like, you know, if you're sitting here and you're on the fence and you never played these games before and you you're thinking about doing it, you know, know that, that it, that might be a, a little bit of an easier challenge. Um, but it's fun and well-reviewed. I think one of the bigger deals with it is it's it's like the exact opposite of something like Jedi Fallen Order, which is story heavy, action heavy, very much into you're gonna get good at the moves and at the uh, at the game in order to progress. Otherwise, you're just gonna hit a wall. Um, Lego games are very much uh, casual, relaxed, easy, fun atmosphere. They're, they're aimed to hit everybody from age five to 95. So they don't want necessarily want to make it so difficult so that nobody can enjoy them. I will say they'll be on the lookout though, Aaron. Uh, I did see one review that complained about a possible bug in episode, in the episode two story, uh, right around the time when you hyperspace jump from um, Camino to Geonosis, if the game might, you know, kick you out. And then when you try to get back, there's no way for you to progress. And the problem is you can't play when you start unlocking the stories. You cannot play episode three until you complete episodes one and two. Then go back once you're done, but you can't do it the first time. So hopefully that's something that'll be patched soon. So don't throw my switch through the window is what you're saying. 
Um, and by what the way, isn't episode two, once you get to Geonosis, isn't just full of bugs? But then, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I, I think Lego games are fun. And sometimes, you know, Dave, I totally understand your point. But for me, sometimes, like, that's why I love Donkey Kong is because it doesn't take, I, I just when I don't want to think, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, um, so sometimes those games are, you know, kind of kind of fun but uh but like i said I, is there ever a bad lego game but so i'll play some more and we'll find out how much i like it or hate it so yeah i'm gonna try to catch it to get it sometime this week you know just you know have somewhere along now uh, to avoid having to wait there forever for all the download and updates i'll just pick up the physical copy and just be ready with that moving on uh, we're gonna go back about a week or so uh for the next video it's actually no it's at the end of last month uh, it was announced actually in a very nice, snazzy video that Obi Wan Kenobi was going to debut two days later than initially announced. It was scheduled to debut on Disney Plus Wednesday, March 25th, which would have been for the 45th anniversary of A New Hope. But now they've kicked, pushed it back to that Friday, uh, May 27th. And they'll have us, they'll give us the first two episodes on that Friday. But their series will continue to debut every following Wednesday after that. When so, does when does Star Wars Celebration start? That Thursday. That is around. That is during. That's uh, that's, that's that's my that, thing. I think it start. I I think you're probably like, I think Thursday Star Wars Celebration folks are probably going to be able to see them first. So stay off Twitter. That's my guess. Is that? But then like you know, I, I heard other people say it's like it's not like they didn't know that. Star Wars celebrate who who went oh crud we should have done this you know I mean but it just seemed uh, that's the only reason I can see them moving it those couple days you know because remember when initially when Disney Plus pre- debuted everything was debuting on a Friday and then they made the conscious decision to not compete with Netflix move everything to Wednesday morning do they all okay. also do they want to not compete with Moon Knight or will Midnight be over Midnight by then? It should be done by then. It's only six episodes, and okay. we already have one. So okay. it should be done by then. Hmm. But it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a conscious decision they're making because they got Ewan McGregor to get up on a front of a camera to say, say how excited he is and how this is what our plan is. So. Yeah, only two days, but it has to have something to do with celebration would be my only thing. Somebody decided, hey, let's, you know let's show this to it and to be able to have the footage of, you know, the crowd reacting. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of TV shows, uh, the other two bit of news are regarding Mandalorian season three. The first one is kind of, everybody's kind of discussed it by now. It's a couple of weeks old, which was that Christopher Lloyd is joining the Mandalorian for season three. Now, so far they're only saying it's a guest star role. It's not a, permanent role but we've seen that that might change i heard somebody mention the possibility of him as hondo onaka and that'll be interesting you know mm-hmm. when i when i first heard christopher lloyd it was kind of like oh i mean that's gonna just stick out like a sore thumb you know it's like is he gonna call him marty and everything because chris i mean i know christopher lloyd's a great actor but he just kind of has a shtick but he could he could look and sound a lot like Hondo. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, especially you put him in enough makeup and everything like that. Um, 
don't know. That's yeah. just that was just somebody's guess. I kind of like that idea. It's an interesting idea. Yeah, but I, I love Christopher. I thought he had um, retired. That's why I thought I this was really interested in the news. That was my understanding that he had just sort of said, eh, I'm done. Um, so for him to take on not only a new role, but presumably if it's Hondo, it's a role where you're sitting in the makeup chair for an hour or two every day at minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be quite a, quite a change for him. And I do make that's that's really the only thing that's kind of given me pause about the whole Hondo thing. Because if he's just, it'd be one thing to say, come in one time, you do one role, one episode, you're done. Thank you so much. I can't imagine they wouldn't want him to come back as Hondo in not only Mandalorian, but other Star Wars shows. So I wonder if that's what he's looking for or not at this point. Yeah, I tell you what, you know, everybody's got their price. This is true. And you offer me enough money and I'll sit in a makeup chair for as long you want. You know, I mean, it's. So everybody's got bills to pay. I mean, so, um, and there's also a lot of things they can do. You know, Nick Nolte was, um, Quill, but he wasn't, you know, I mean, and I, I think there's a lot of things they can do probably just digitally to create the Hondo face without, you know, creating, putting on too much makeup, you know, um, Anyway. They'll, want, they'll want him on set. They'll want him to be their present act going up against Pedro Pascal and Carl Weathers and everybody. Uh, but really it becomes more about his performance. And we know he can give a great performance in, in you remember who framed Roger Rabbit? He was acting against uh, digital screens and Bob Hoskins. That, there's a lot of animated cartoons and he had no problem doing that. Sorry, so. best Christopher Lloyd role was Jim from Taxi. Reverend Jim. Anyway, you, did you never watch Taxi there, did you, Fredo? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. When... Fredo's kind of looking at me like oh. when he mentions a, a show that I don't watch. So you... <laughs> that, that was that was before my time, Grandpa. Yeah, all right. Well, you need to go find it because he played, that was, that was an awesome role, and Danny DeVito was awesome in that. That was just actually a really good show. Uh, it was very well cast. Yeah. That was a great group of actors. Yeah. Yeah. Man, right. a lot of yeah, a lot of sitcoms back then had just tended to be overloaded with character actors good th- good good thing this is a audio podcast because this is what i think about your grandpa there uh fredo so <laughs> that is a visual McCon- <laughs> mcclunky everybody visual mcclunky McClunky. <laughs> moving right along and speaking of grandpas uh i don't know if it's a grandpa i imagine he is uh carl weathers tweeted out that well, he didn't tweet out. Somebody reported, uh, Star Wars stuff tweeted, that Mandalorian Season 3 has wrapped filming. And he replied, quote tweeted, said, and what a season of wonderfulness. So that confirms from somebody involved in the production that Season 3 of Mandalorian has officially wrapped production this last week. Doesn't say when it's going to come out. We imagine it'd be Christmas time, but they at least got done through principal photography and shooting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's it's kind of it's kind of funny that the confirmation came from Carl Weathers. I mean, I mean, no, I know he's directing a few episodes, but you know, anyway. But but I mean, it, it doesn't preclude him from saying it because I mean, it's interesting. We still have yet to hear uh, a release date for or a debut date for Cassian Andor, and uh, we know that that's coming sometime 
after Obi-Wan Kenobi. So you got to imagine that it's going to be interesting when they start piecing, putting together these uh, series, along with all the Marvel stuff that's coming for, for Disney+. Plus, Because we know they want to line them up one after the other, because that's how they keep you getting your money. Um, there's a couple that you, uh, one that you left off here mm-hmm. um, that, that I just forgot. However, I do want to say um, the 501st was involved in April Fool's Day. I don't know if you, it, it was, it was awesome because the 501st has what they call CRLs. I think it's cost, costuming resource library. Anyway, if you're going to be in the 501st, you can, and you want to be a stormtrooper, you can see how the approved stormtrooper looks for the 501st. Well, anyway, on, on April fool's day, they had, um, what was it? The Geonosian guards. And it was just a big blue guy in a blue suit. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had stave puffed marshmallow man. Um, that one. That was hilarious. I thought there, there was another one. And I mean, they played it up all just perfectly. I've seen also, uh, like uh, pink shorts guy, I think, you know, the, the guy holding the microphone. Um, but um, gosh, there was, what was the, there was another, uh, okay, well, maybe the news story will come to me, but I do want to throw to you guys. Have you, uh, Britt and I went and saw uh, the Batman on Saturday. Have you seen that yet, Dave? No, I have not. All right. Well, I, I saw it. So uh, we'll have to, okay. So after Dave, you're, when does it come out digitally? Because I, I would actually say it's probably worth waiting for digitally and not necessarily going to the theater. <laughs> but it's a three-hour movie, so yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like juggling kids. Am I going to get a babysitter? Um, you know, these are the considerations that we have to have. And, and that's um, the other thing I was going to say. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't remember a decade ago, people had a lot of squeamishness about kids at the Dark Knight. Oh, this yeah. Movie, I mean, the influence is not The Dark Knight. The influence for this movie is Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were so young and innocent back then. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are no bad nipples. There's no bad credit card. There's no camp here. This is all played seriously. I... So while it is good, I do wonder if you could bring the whole family along to for this good old time. Um... You know, it's funny because, like, I'm not going to sit here and, and be one of these, like, uh, you know, Oh, I'm so uptight about this stuff. My kids will never be exposed to any of it because that's just the wrong attitude to have about any of it. But also I don't, I do have a choice in the matter. Well, and when and you like, want it, when if, you go to watch a movie, you don't necessarily want to, you just don't want to have to deal with that stuff at that time. If know? they're not like emotionally prepared for a topic, then don't expose them to it. I'm sorry. It's like, and like, you get this, like, from from these kids. They're like, yeah, my friend saw Deadpool the other day, or, or some some other crazy violent thing, you know. It's just really, oh. but the weird thing is, okay, so with Deadpool, I can almost excuse it in some way because it's so over the top and cartoony that it yeah. almost reaches Looney Tunes levels. With its violence. Oh, it's it's hilarious, right? Exactly. They play it all for laughs, and that you're meant to laugh. Um, yeah, this there's is not a laugh movie. Uh, okay, Logan. I'm not going to show my kids Logan. Yeah, exactly. Laugh. Yeah, exactly. So when you do watch it, then we'll have to talk about it because I do want to talk about. It's going to. It kind of gets into maybe our discussion here a little bit when we recast the original trilogy. But 
you know, what makes a good Batman? What makes a good Bruce Wayne? Because in this one, I liked Batman and I was annoyed by Bruce Wayne. And Fredo kind of explained to me what they're going for. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a little bit of slack. But Cedric Diggory, good Batman, bad Bruce Wayne, but I don't, I think that's more of the writing. It's not, it's not on him. Um, it's the character. Mm-hmm. It's the character that is where it is. But yeah, we'll talk um, about it more. But anyway, like I said, we can talk about it when you see it. But one thing we have all watched, though, is Moon Knight. Yes? Yes. Um, so I will, I will start this off by saying that Brittany and I had no, no idea of what Moon Knight was or what, you know, what it was about. Um, but we were hooked from the get-go. Um, and it was... It, I mean, I, I remember, I think it was about halfway through, I said to her, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm 100% in. Because it was uh, it, the just, I don't know, it was just engaging, the, the story, what's going on here. Um, and, of course, with Brittany, it was like the, you know, the Egyptian, you know, uh, history, the, the, you know, the lunar, um, uh what am I trying to, what's the word I'm looking for? The lunar references, you know, everything it's like, it's, it's in her wheelhouse as well. So, and of course it has Oscar Isaac, which, you know, we're both fans of for different reasons, but, um, his, his English accent threw me off for a little bit, but it makes sense now. Um, so from a person who knew, yeah. knows nothing, I was invested from the get go. And here's my controversial statement. I think it seems to me that Marvel is writing better stories for their Disney Plus shows than Star Wars. I think Star Wars is full of neat Easter eggs and neat things to look at. I think it looks 100% like Star Wars, but I'm more engaged with the stories in all the Marvel ones, whether it was WandaVision, Loki, one episode of Moon Knight. Um, is there one I missed there? Yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier. I mean, I was. I think. I think they're writing better stories. And we talked about the advantages that Marvel has over Star Wars, which is that they are drawing from this reservoir of characters that are well established, but aren't mainstream necessarily. So you have this lore, and you have these these characters that have been developed over years and years and years and years, and you have all this material that you can draw from. And so they come, the stuff comes across very well realized. Star Wars has kind of the opposite problem, which is you have all of these characters that you've mostly only seen on screen. You have a particular idea of the way that they should be. And so when you bring them in, it has to be exactly a certain way. And so then they feel restricted, I think, creatively a little bit. Um, well, it gets to the Batman, what we were just talking about there. It's like, which, okay, so which Batman do you want? Do you want this comic's Batman? Do you want this comic writer's Batman? There's, yeah. Um, I mean, that's a very, that is a very good point, Dave. Uh, I didn't think about that, that it's because of those multiverses and everything like that. You have, you know, yeah, you have some space to go. Um, well, and also because the nature of the comic books has been, uh, they've got a number of talented writers through the ages that have allowed them to explore all sorts of different avenues story-wise. So the, the great thing about Marvel, the MCUs, they can pick and choose 
what storylines they go. They go, oh, this is interesting, or this is this is neat, or we want to see this realized. Uh, which it all seems to stay cohesive. I think some ways that the difficulty that Star Wars is having is they've told one great story, and they're having to find ways to tell different stories that don't deviate too much. That's also part of the dynamic. Because when you think of your Spider-Man, for example, is it the Spider-Man from just right now? Like, is it Tom Holland, or is it Andrew Garfield, or is it you know the the Toby uh, or or is it the Spider-Man of Steve Ditko and Stan Lee, or is it the John Romita? So mine is the Spider-Man from Electric Company. Exactly. My point, yeah. My point being is you've got all these different influences and dynamics, whereas as we found out with Solo, when that happened, the fact that somebody else was playing the character of Han Solo, young Han Solo at that, but all of a sudden it was throwing people up for a loop because they have this orthodoxy about Star Wars. Now, before before we get to Dave's thoughts on it, Fredo, you were not as high on Moon Knight. I was not. No, right. At least not episode one. At least not episode one. And I was in the distinct minority. And I think I'm because I'm coming at it from a position where I'm aware of where this, you know, what it was setting up. I was kind of like, okay, can we get on with it? Can we hurry up? Like, you, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think that's some. That's one thing that I have found myself critical of the Disney Plus shows, uh, particularly like like I remember One Division episode one, where you get the like I get the concept, I get the idea of what they're wanting to do, and I'm just like, okay, can we? Do we need to take a whole hour to do this? I was I was annoyed by episode two because they dropped two episodes at once. And I mm-hmm. remember saying to Brittany, I said, if, if this is what this is going to be, then I'm, I'm out. But they moved on quick in episode three. Right. But keep going. I'm sorry. But that's no, but that's but that's kind of the point is, uh, and that shows how they've grown as writers. They were able to do episodes one and two of One Division and Moon Knight in one. So you know where they're going now. And you have an idea of kind of some sense of what, what the character and his world is like. And I think that's the kind of thing that I've forgotten, that there's a lot of people for whom I've never met Moon Knight. I have no idea what Moon Knight is. And yeah, yeah you have to write for, for that audience as much as you have to write. <laughs> you got to teach to the middle of the class. Yeah, you got to teach to the middle of the class. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I forgot that. But I think, you know, once I kind of put that in my in my brain case, I just kind of went, okay, that explains why they did what they did. And it's It was well acted. It's uh, It looks movie quality. So, and I'm interested in seeing what tomorrow's episode will bring. Dave? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Um, it just... Um, How up on Moon Knight were you? You know, I could I could write a paragraph on the character. Um, that's about it. I mean, I can't, I can't give you much more than that. So, it's like... So, Dave's the middle of the class. I'm at the bottom yeah. of the class. So, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, so, um, very aware very aware of his fandom um but just you know open to whatever interpretation we're going to get open to seeing whatever story we're going to get um and so for me the pacing was great it was on point um and i actually saw some things i wasn't expecting to see because i had no concept of the uh adversary whatsoever so for them to open with him with with the glass and the shoes, yeah, right. <laughs> your 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 son made a made a comment about what, what didn't what, didn't Kate say her feet was hurting from the shoes? What did Nate say? 
he's like, well, at least you're not like the bad guy from uh, Moon Knight, right? So, like, <laughs> so did your did your kids enjoy Moon Knight? Yeah, they liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. So, um, I, you know, it's a little bit older. Where we've drawn the line is like you, we aren't we we're not letting them watch the Netflix shows yet um, because they're a little more R, um, a lot of violence and sexy times and everything else. So. Um, what Netflix so, shows are these? I need to know. <laughs> uh, well, Disney. They all got moved over to Disney um, recently. I mean, that's a headline. Oh, that's that. right. I had to set myself up saying that I can watch TVMA. Okay, that's why. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why, because they brought those shows over. And it's, um, you know, The Defenders and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist, um, Daredevil. Yeah, just a scene of Jessica Jones and Luke Cage in bed, breaking uh, Luke's bed. Yeah, 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 exactly. Family oriented, but yeah, yeah, that's uh, the Punisher. Yeah, not necessarily family oriented. Actually, yeah, I'll I'll recommend yeah Jessica Jones season one definitely should be on your on yours and uh, Brit's list, Aaron. So, uh, so for, for people who maybe are like me who have not and have not watched Moon Knight. Give them, I guess, the paragraph, or give a, give them the cliff's notes of what what, or and, and can be either one of you guys. But to, who is who is Moon Knight? What's the without giving away everything? What's what are we what are we looking at here? I've watched a, I watched a new rock stars video right after we watched the first episode, and it helped me figure out what's going on. But I'll let you guys kind of tell people what it's about. I'll let Fredo go with it. Okay, uh, so the short, short version, non-spoilery, is uh, Moon Knight is a character by the name of Mark Spector. Who, if you hear the spirit in the in the, the voice, the associated voice saying "Give control back to Mark," that's the Mark they're referring to. He's a former American Special Forces officer slash mercenary who, on a mission to Egypt, things go bad, and all of a sudden he ends up before an Egyptian god making a deal so uh there is he suffers from i believe it's called disassociative identity syndrome yeah so so he's got what in older times would have been called multiple personality disorders not like that it's not it's not that but the idea is that there's three people sharing his body and the catch is only the mark persona is moon knight I want to so, say real quick, though, I'm going to pause you there for a second, because I found it really cool that at the end of the episode, there was a, a thing uh, that told people, you know, if you need help with with mental health issues, mm-hmm. you know, contact, blah, 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 blah. And so, I mean, they're not making light of this at all. No, 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 no. They had somebody for the show. Um, they had a person who specializes in this disorder, be a writer on the show. And they had another person who was um i think the director heavily uh like actually from egypt and mm-hmm. like heavily steeped in the culture and the history um and so they they're avoiding landmines or at least attempting to avoid landmines in a very thoughtful way so um i think if you give it a chance um you know you go in knowing basically only what we've just told you well and, uh, yeah and this- it's, it's not your typical story and this first episode is just a lot of him not knowing what day it is or remembering having an interaction with this person or like moving in and out of like seemingly different realities um so it 
like I said, it didn't, it doesn't really, the first episode doesn't really, I, I, it doesn't really get you anywhere except I think it sets the mood for what's going on. I mean, yeah, you kind of get somewhere. Um, so I think as the, as the, that's kind of the switch, right? And again, like we're, we're only one episode in, so we're not revealing too much, but it's like he, the main character in this episode, he's the alternate personality. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the the catch to it where you think like I identify with this guy and it's like, Oh, he's not really the real version of himself. Really? I mean, depending on, I, I mean, I want to be sensitive, but um, that's kind of a way to put it. Like he's the personality that came along after the fact. Yeah. And I think one of the things that they discuss when they discuss the topic of DIS is the idea of a lot of this, personality or alter uh, states emerge out of serious psychological trauma. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the dynamic that's going to be playing underneath is what was the trauma and why did it create Stevie or Steven with a V Stephen Grant of the gift shop. That's a, a, yeah. a lovely, you know, it's a, so that's one of the interesting dynamics because it creates a question of, okay, who's paying for his place. Who's the mom that he's calling. He's got, yeah, he's got all this stuff happening. And dude, I tell you, I mean, I was, I'm a fan of Oscar Isaac. I, I, I felt for this character from mm -hmm. the get go, your heart was breaking for him. And mm -hmm. so Oscar Isaac is, I, I haven't seen him in a better role so far. I mean, just in the, what, 45 minutes that we had. I mean, just, it was, like I said, your heart was just breaking for him. Um, that's why we were hooked from the get go. So I'm anxious to see where this goes. I mean, we, I mean, I just, I don't know how much more we want to get into this. I think probably, um, cause I don't have a whole lot more to offer because I don't have much more insight on moon Knight. I just know I liked it. Um, so if you're one of those people that aren't really into Marvel, like, you know, like me, I mean, you're going to, but you have kind of, you kind of enjoy it. You're going to enjoy this series, I think. Um, and like I said, but the, my my controversial thing was it seems like Marvel is doing a better job at producing um, and writing. And I, I wonder, I know John Favreau is writing a lot for The Mandalorian and stuff. I just wonder, um, and Dave Filoni as well. I wonder, are they really, are they really writers? They might be really good idea and story creators. But there are people like, you know, the script doctors of the world who can then take that vision and make it something. And I wonder, I, I just wonder if that is a, and I just made Dave leave. I, I wonder if that's something. While Dave left and we'll do the transition, I remembered uh, the the thing that you left off. Uh, Donald Glover was pressed on, um, this is going back to news, folks. Donald Glover was pressed by uh, Jimmy Kimmel on, mm -hmm. uh, he said, so you're doing a Lando series. And he said, am I? Um, and the thing was that he didn't deny it. it was, if you go remember all the president's men, it was a non-denial denial. Um, he didn't, he didn't say no. And he didn't say yes. He kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit. I think part of it is, is that he might've even said something on the lines. Dave, Dave's back. I'm just saying, I remember the, the, the story that we left off in the news and that's that Donald Glover kind of confirmed Lando kind of didn't confirm Lando. So he gave a non-denial denial. denial. Um, go ahead, Fredo. No, I was just going to say it's 
it's one of those things where he, I think he's admitted in the past that if it's going to happen, he'd be the one doing it. So I can't imagine that having planted the seed in Solo that they wouldn't want Donald Glover to take over for what was announced as the Lando Chronicle. So, or I don't know, was announced at one point as Lando. So we know we, you know, again, there's an audience for it. I just kind of no. It just said Lando. We were we were wanting the Calrissian Chronicles. Yeah. We were wanting that. If they don't call it that, it's a sin. Um, but anyway, just to, but just to kind of merge kind of what we we're talking earlier with Moon Knight and this. This is one of those things that really Star Wars and Lucasfilm should be leaning into. One of the brilliant advantages Marvel has is they have all these characters that are not all the same, so that one division stories one the stories completely different from Moon Knights. Lando doesn't have to be anything near Mandalorian or Boba Fett. It could be a completely different story, a completely different element, a completely different dynamic. Because he's a different character. They'll find a way to get Ahsoka in there, though. <laughs> find a way to tell a different story within the same universe, and I think that that's where you can kind of go and start telling more unique, more different, better written stories. Uh, one other story that I noticed today, um, this is just kind of interesting tidbit. Uh, Daisy Ridley is back on social media. So everybody just play nice. Um, yeah. Recasting the original trilogy, a very controversial topic. Because um, when we put pitched this, Dave just said no. So I think I think I think Dave <laughs> likes his original cast. And by the way, we all we all love the original casting, but we have to. It's like I said, like Fredo said, it's kind of a, a thought exercise. Like we have to imagine that, you know, Star Wars never happened. Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, they're they're not they're they they're not in existence. So we're we're like, you know, in an alternate universe. But here's okay, so here's where I failed. And this is where Scott Colesby was yelling at me because I kept going with I I, I was looking for the apparently the ultimate casting where it's like I was taking I think this person you know at this age would be great you know in a role and this person at a younger age would be great in this role but it has to be so Scott was saying no you have to find if Princess Leia was 19 years old you got to have a 19 year old actor you know a current actor you know to so and, you know, so then because I was like talking about, you know, I thought, uh, oh, here's the one. Oh, OK, so Lawrence Olivier. All right. so <laughs> I, 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 I won't get into maybe we'll, maybe we'll get into it when we get to the character. But I'm going to pitch the first one here because this is when we're so we're at Finn McCool's last night playing trivia. And it was like Scott didn't participate in trivia at all because when I brought up this fan cast or this uh, or recasting, that's all he could think about. And um, then we kept pitching things around the table and, and it was the entire team um, that was just pitching things around the table in between questions. Um, so as Brittany and I were walking back to the car, I finally came up with one. And this is the one I'm going to pitch to you guys to start it off. See what you think. Princess Leia. And it's, it's kind of an easy one. It's kind of an easy one, but it lines with age. And I think, and obviously the, the, so I think she'd be great at this. But Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, I think you've said that one before. Like we we talked about a young young Princess Leia, but now she's yeah. like eighteen years old, so she's at that age to play Princess Leia. So, mm -hmm. and I think she would have the the strength and the sass and the ability to hold. She obviously can hold 
the screen on her own. If you've seen the, was it the young Sherlock? Or was it where, or what was it? Uh, no, no, young, not young Sherlock. She was, and he, was it she was some Sherlock's holes. niece or yeah. something, right? Or, yeah, or younger sister. I don't remember. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Cousin, but I it was think. pretty good. But yeah, um, we'll have to figure it and out. And of course, Stranger Things. And Stranger Things. So she can yeah. she can hold the screen on her own. She doesn't, you know. Uh, so I, I so I I don't know what what do you guys think of Millie Bobby Brown, Princess Leia. I think she could do it. I think I think it's interesting with Princess Leia. I mean, the you know, and one of the things we kind of discussed yesterday was just the essence of the characters. You want somebody who has that strength, that capacity to stand up to Tarkin and to Darth Vader. Well, so and she probably she probably does have she has she has screen presence. She, well, so I'll throw you the one that Britt then threw to me right after that because here's the other part of this exercise that we get stuck on is that. Does Lando need to be the black guy? Does Han need to be the white guy? Does Luke need to be a pasty white blonde dude? You know, so you you run you you run into that with that movie's what 20, 25 years old yesterday. So you run into that problem. So, like I said, I said Millie Bobby Brown, and and Britt said Zendaya. Hmm. Yeah. See, this is the thing. Like, I when you mentioned this exercise to me, I thought, well, what if you did good with what with this decision? We're gonna recast the whole thing, and we're gonna we're gonna reboot it or whatever. Um, okay, well now you have the opportunity to be not quite so male centric and not quite so uh, white, uh, as it were. So. Um, yeah, you know, I I think I kind of ultimately unintentionally uh, did that with my list, but uh, uh, yeah, it was definitely something that immediately came to mind. It's like, well, okay, if you're gonna actually do it, then do it well. And I think there's a responsibility. I've talked about that on this show. It's like, okay, yeah, you don't have to do it, but you have the opportunity, yeah, to do it. And so by the way, we thing. are by no means saying that you should go remake the original. I would like Ooh. probably burn a house down if they tried <laughs> to remake Star Wars. Um, yeah. Just don't burn the shit down. But so so let's uh, so let's say let, let's just all if, if we're all cool with saying just Millie Bobby Brown, let's just do that. So now we have to find a Luke counterpart. So somebody who could play a 19 year old um, kind of naive, um, you know, that again what's the essence of luke skywalker especially and and by the way let's maybe not talk about all three movies let's just talk about a new hope mm-hmm. to make it kind of easy on ourselves so we can maybe do this in other episodes with other movies um but who would you who would you think for luke skywalker did you say yesterday tom holland or was that scott or was that was that scott Bill? scott said tom holland which which, Again, they're both British. If you want to do British, and he can he can play. He obviously can play young kid. Mm-hmm. How old is he? He's like he's early twenties. Early twenties. Dave's looking like he doesn't like that idea for Luke Skywalker. No, I just uh... you just don't like this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> no. I... I, I don't know how to incorporate my list is what I'll say. Cause I went okay. creative with this thing. Okay. Um, we'll go for it. Like my whole idea with this was, um, okay. So we're doing this. 
So what I'm going to do is because I love Star Wars so much, I'm just going to recast with other actors who were in Star Wars properties see, that weren't in the original trilogy. See, I, th- I thought about that as well. I thought about that mm-hmm. as well. Okay. And so like my whole list is like exclusively that. And so that's how I attacked it. So who'd so, you have for Luke Skywalker then? Oh, I didn't go. I didn't go super young. I that's went. Um, I went. For, I'm not like, going to yell character. at you like they yelled right. at me at trivia. Okay, you can. <laughs> I mean, well, I got. I, went, I got I scolded. The, <laughs> I went for the characteristics that we see in the actor, or in the even in the character that he plays. So I went with Pedro Pascal, because I really enjoy his sort of hero's journey i guess the the ability of him there's a there's also a there's a a restlessness yet kind of youthfulness and i and almost a naive i can't even say the word right he's a little naive i mean even for a mandalorian bounty hunter Um, yeah yeah and and all that stuff comes through so so gorgeously um and it's you know, if I may, I think it's the best Star Wars on film that we have going right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was my choice. Fredo, who would uh, you think for, would you stick with Tom Holland for Luke? Well, here's, here's the interesting thing. If you pick Millie Bobby Brown as Princess Leia, I think Tom Holland makes the most sense. If you pick Zendaya, it would allow me to grab John Boyega. Because he could nail Luke's character and arc in A New Hope. Because yeah. that's, I mean, that's similar in nature to the role of Finn. All you know, the guy trying to waken up to this whole reality. So mm-hmm. you know, I know it's a bit of cheating, but the heck with it. You know, we're <laughs> going to give him the chance to actually wield the lightsaber to destroy the Death Star. Come on, man. So that's that's what I will go for. It's so it's if if you go Millie Bobby Brown for Princess Leia, because I think you have to kind of cast them as a pair, because they're. We are aware that they're twins from episode four. There will be no kiss. There will be no kiss. Kisses. I'm sorry. Kisses. Plural. Yeah, yeah. If we're remaking the movies, that that's first on the list of uh, the chopping yeah, block. So, so I'm just I'm just texting my wife my my choice for Han Solo that I came mm-hmm. up with today, and I haven't shared it with you yet. So, but we'll see if she responds to my text to see what she thinks. Um, and this might. It might, okay, so I will say the first one that I said that got everybody wanting to throw me out of the bar was Christian Bale but, as Han Solo, which I I, I kind of I I kind of like that idea. I'm think I mean just the the way he was in especially like Batman Begins, um, uh, but we were we were ready to put you out with the Kansas fans. Yeah, we, we, we did. We did shush people. We shushed people out of the bar last night. Um, He's but, got a wry sense of humor, mm-hmm. you know. Like just kind of like the one that I like better is the one I just like. I said just okay. came up with today though is uh, Leslie Odom Jr., who played um, Burr in Hamilton. And if you watch that character, I, I think that he would be able to carry that swagger and also that scoundrelness you know i mean i'm not saying that it's i'm not saying that his aaron burr character is like han solo i just think that that actor could carry that role I, yeah i have no arguments um but um you like that one my, better than christian bale fredo uh i think so <laughs> i mean well it's interesting because they're different actors so they'll come at it from different 
uh, points of view. But I think, I mean, both of them work. I mean, both both of them are interesting because you're asking them to play a really, you know, the, the scoundrel. You're asking them to play the, the character who's out seeking, starting out, looking, going, looking out for number one. I have no doubt that Christian Bale could nail the role if you asked him to. I like the idea of Leslie Adam Jr., though. It's because he had, again, like they were saying, it's like it's, uh, it's got a charm. Kind of we were discussing the essence of character. He's got the charm, but he's also, he can put himself way over, you know, he can go over his keys without too much problem. Now, the one, Dave, I think, you know, if we're going your route, the person mm-hmm. who could obviously play that role, I think, would be Donald Glover. I was going to say Oscar Isaac. Yep. That was the other one I was going to say, yeah. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, just, I, you know huge fan of his work in general but like uh he had that whole cocky swaggerness in uh, force awakens that uh immediately made me think of of han and the other I, thought that... he, I thought he was gonna like inherit that mantle um and no not really yeah, yeah. He, he <laughs> it's and, not gonna uh, go the way you think <laughs> <laughs> well he and daisy really had that one scene where they're just going at one another in rise of skywalker and that was such a fun little moment because mm-hmm. you get to see their personalities, and that was really nice. The one that I came up with yesterday for Han Solo is uh, Michael B. Jordan. Oh yeah, yeah. just because I'm thinking again, you need somebody who's who can be smooth and suave, but also go over his keys and get himself into a ton of trouble. And I think he could get get both aspects of that character really well. You know, we know he can do the action, so that's not a problem. So now, what about Obi-Wan Kenobi? Hello there. So, you know, keeping with my theme, Star Wars actors, I, I settled on Tamora Morrison. Because he's kind of the, he's turned into this kind of sage-like, hardened, wizened character uh, by the time Boba Fett rolls around. And um i really enjoyed his turn in aquaman of all things i don't know if you guys happen to see that mm-hmm. um he he was again he was the old fisherman uh <laughs> he had a real um had a real charm and way about him that just sort of bespoke um experience and that's really what you want out of that character so fredo what do you think for obi-wan for everyone, I mean, I, I all kept thinking was back when originally George was trying to cast his, he wanted Toshiro Mifune to play Obi-Wan, which was, I, I still think that would have been terrific. But obviously, because you know, he's not with us anymore. I was thinking of somebody like Chow Yun-Fat, mm-hmm. who, if you remember from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, all the John Woo action films. Again, he's a very physical actor, has a ton of history of uh, action movies, so either him or somebody like Jet Li. What's funny is I always think these two guys, they're so action-oriented, but some of those action movies are action comedies. They have a lot of personality, so I think it would have been interesting to see them in some role like this, kind of the wise and mentor, you know, with a history of combat in their background. So I think... Of course you have Jackie Chan out there, who's a little bit older than... Both of them, and, yeah. And both of yeah. them, yeah. And he, he'd, be a, he'd be a really interesting choice in a role like that, right? Because yeah, he usually plays the goofball. But, um, but just just picture him telling that that the, the monologue about the history of the Jedi and yeah. their fall to 
somebody like Tom Holland or whoever. You know, this one was kind of tough for me, but the one that just keeps popping into my head was Andy Serkis. Just when I, when I think of like the, I'm not thinking about the wise old mentor. I'm thinking more of the crazy old hermit, you know, um, that, I mean, and it's tough when you, when you think Andy Serkis that you, you start, you seeing visions of, you know, him as claw or, you know, just, or you think Gollum. Right. Um, but again, I think just that, um, especially after seeing him as Alfred in the Batman, um, mm-hmm. I think that was, you know, I, I don't know, might be good. That's not my favorite choice. I, but this one, that one was tough for me. It was, was Obi-Wan. Do you remember the, the performances that Andy Serkis did for the Planet of the Apes movies, particularly the second and third one? Mm-hmm. Like if it brings that level of kind of gravitas that it gave to Caesar, he could do that. That's, oh, that's yeah. Not- you could cast him in literally any role and he would do just fine. You know what I mean? Like he could play any role in the movie. Well, now how that I mean, so this might be, let's throw this one out there. He would also be a good uh, um, candidate for Tarkin. Mm-hmm. He would be. The other thing I was just thinking is if you wanted to say, redesign Obi-Wan's character and not be less human, be more alien. He could do that. He could do the body performance and the voice much the same way he did Gollum or Caesar. He's got that comfort level with that level of technology, and he would deliver a great performance if you didn't want to go all human cast. So, uh, what, what, who, anybody else for Tarkin? For Tarkin. I mean, for and Tarkin. this is, this is, I mean, this is really tough because you're not just talking about like just the stuff we grew up with, but it's like, how do you say that somebody is better than Peter Cushing? But I don't think how do you say somebody is, it, you know, I mean, because that's ultimately, you know, I know we're not saying it would be better. We're, I mean, it's like if you had to, those options weren't options and you, who would you put in the role? But you're kind of, it, it, it does become like Sophie's choice after a while, you know, <laughs> but. You always got to remember there's an alternate universe where Han Solo is Christopher Walken and Jodie Foster's Princess Leia. <laughs> that yeah. almost happened. The, um. I don't know. The one name that popped into my head was uh, Kate Blanchett. For Tarkin. Because, like, for I, Tarkin. I just love her turn as a villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it just, I'm like, uh, yeah, she could play Ice Cold. In that respect, I mean, Angelina Jolie might actually be good as well when you think about the stuff from like Maleficent. Um, the mm-hmm. Eternals. Um, she could probably make a, a pretty BA, you know, Grand Moff. Because you're putting her against somebody like, say, Miller Bobby Brown, for example. So all of a sudden you have the two of them going at one another in those few moments. See, so. and that, so we fell into the trap again because we decided that Ben had to be an old, crusty white guy. That's what I said. You can, if you wanted to do. Uh, CGI Obi Wan, but I also gave you a couple of three Asian choices if you want to yeah, go that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Fredo did great. Yeah, that's I went right. with the Kiwi, right? Yeah. So. I'm the I'm the one that went for the old crusty white guy. <laughs> um, but those mental models get tough to. I mean, it, it's that it's that unconscious bias that we all that we all have, um, and that's why exercises like this is really interesting because I hadn't thought about, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin 
certainly could be a, a woman. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's throw another one out there. How about uh, C three PO? I, uh, I said I would... Russell. I said Russell Brand. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, again, if you're doing the and let him swear but... a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I don't. We cannot have McClunkies everywhere. We don't have a budget to edit those all those out. Um, yeah, I think Russell Brand would be an he'd interesting be, choice. He'd be he'd be saying to R two, "He's a mule. He's a mule." Sorry, get him to the Greek. Yeah, saying to R two, oh, "Never mind." Okay, I I keep going. Yeah, I was thinking somebody like Paul Rudd, but that's just kind of similar in nature. You know, a comedian, somebody who could or do the role. You let. You let Tom Holland do his uh, natural British accent. He might actually be pretty good. Three PO. Hey, babe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing is interesting. Like um, my mind immediately went to um, kind of like rigidness, mm-hmm. right? Um, and since I was doing my Star Wars recasting exercise, I went with uh, Domino Gleason. Yes. All right. You know. Um, I've seen him play characters who aren't just like strictly evil. Uh, <laughs> but even when he does that, the character is usually pretty, pretty stiff, um, buttoned yeah. up and <clears throat> uptight. And, uh, yeah. So let's, uh, let's do the real tough one. Who's Darth Vader? That, I mean, oh, are we separating the voice and the physical performance, or are we trying to get one that does both? No, you can't. It has. To, let's just. It has to be just the voice, um, okay. because anybody can be. That's why I'm. I'm actually. It'll be interesting to see. As a side note, it'll be interesting to see what they do with um, the Obi Wan show, because there is no reason if he's going to have the mask on. There is no reason on God's green big one that Hayden Christensen needs to be in the suit. Uh, there's there's no reason for it, but they're making a big deal. So I think there there has to be something different about the suit or something. We're going to see him take off a helmet or something. But so anybody, I mean, David Prowse was big. I mean, so, but we anybody with that build can be Vader with all due respect to the late David Prowse. Um, but the voice is what's the iconic part of it. So, and I don't know if I have an answer for this because we all know how funny it is when you hear this Scottish accent coming out of the mask. <laughs> and we've seen like Command uh, the super as well as part and sound of body, mind those plans. Start tearing this ship apart piece by piece until you find those tapes. Find the passengers in this vessel. I want them alive. Anyway, uh, well, we've also seen when people like superimposed like. Arlie Ermey's voice or um, Samuel L. Jackson's voice or his dialogue over Vader. Yeah. That, that's also the hard part is you need somebody who's got a good, iconic voice without being so obvious that your mind just goes out. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Ving Rhames, but that might be all I can... I don't know. He might be. No, because he's famous enough and he's got a you know, distinct enough voice that he could do it without without you start you know quoting uh, Pulp Fiction. Right. See, like that's what I say. Like if you hear Samuel Jackson's voice, 
Ezekiel twenty five seventeen is going to pop in your head immediately. I don't know. I might I might start quoting the Ar- Arby's commercials though if they get there. So so Dave, who do you have in your with your ex? Who do you have for Vader? I settled on uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, good choice. I like, yeah, I mean, like he probably doesn't have the physical stature, but I like the way that he carries himself in that character, and I think he would provide a level of uh, richness and and just that'd be a good tenor. That yeah, uh, that's that's a good cho- yeah. He's a very much a baritone. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Um. Yeah. Yeah, like at first I was trying to think of somebody like uh, you know, somebody who's done voices like somebody like you know, I was thinking Kevin Conroy or Mark. I was thinking Mark Hamill, just because. But then I went, no, you can't have the Joker doing oh, Vader's what, voice. What if what if you do uh, Jason Momoa? I don't necessarily know that you could. You know, again, it's his. It's an interesting tenor because it's completely well, I mean, different. It's, it, it's got kind of the right range, and if mm-hmm. you and then if you do some mixing with it, I mean, it might actually. And he's got some, like if you haven't like when he was doing the Game of Thrones Dothraki, like the real guttural, uh, harsh uh, tone. Like if he got him doing like that, that would be interesting. Hmm. Yeah. The, I'm trying to think. The only other, bit, I mean, like, part of me wanted to go like Peter Dinklage, but again, his voice is just so obvious, and then that's kind of where you kind of stumble into it because you want somebody who you feel the presence and the threat and the menace, without it being, hey, that's Brad Pitt or hey, that's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, that kind of thing, and uh, like somebody like David Palmer, but then. I'm just gonna be thinking about Allstate. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or so, or uh, Major League <laughs> hats <laughs> for bats, keep bats warm. Um, yeah, so I think those are the main characters. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah. gonna add R two D two. I was gonna suggest Ahmad Best because he's such a physical mm-hmm. actor. Um, you know, like that, that whole role is just sh- moving around and shaking around and, and trying to convey so is, things. So is, is R2-D2 6-4 then? Or? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You fold them re- down in there a little bit, yeah. Would you redesign the droids, though? Because yeah, you're not, you, like, you don't necessarily have to stick to the golden droid 3PO and the you know, three wheel R two. You can go anywhere you want with it. Yeah, R two would have to be a little bigger. I'll grant you that. Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah. Well, I suppose for those of you listening, who would who would you put in these roles? So you know what the thought exercise we went through. It wasn't as controversial as, like I said, me being you know shunned at Finn McCool's, but. Uh, <laughs> sure. um, Man, uh, but it, no, it's it's all good. But I, I I like things like this because it does, um, you know. And you, you talk about reboots and things like that. I mean, people like lost their minds over the Ghostbusters reboot. I hope they never reboot Star uh, Star Wars. I mean, you know, I first of all, I mean, I I sometimes think think that reboots is kind of lazy filmmaking. I have nothing against the act, you know, the actors who are in it or, 
you know, anything like that. I think it's lazy filmmaking. I, I know, to your point earlier, Dave, um, or Fredo, I think you said it, it's like, I'd like Star Wars to start leaning into new stories and not just rehashing old ones. Um, but it is kind of, again, it's, it's, it's a fun exercise, but it also really makes you think, like I said, about those unconscious biases that we have that, you know, I mean, that, like I said, that this person, this, this character has to look a certain way, has to be a certain height, has to be a certain skin color, has to be whatever. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just kind of fun to step into that a little bit. So we'll do, we'll do empire, uh, next. I mean, and we'll, we'll hit some of the, but it will be fewer characters cause we'll have to get into, you know, like the Landos and the Admiral Ozzles and things like that. So Bosk. Bosk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I said, if let us know on Twitter, what you think, uh, who you think should fill some of these roles. Um, and, uh, do we have anything else for the good of the order? I don't think so. There's the alarm. So tell you what, kids, we're going to call it tonight. Uh, Everybody have a great week, and we will say who dat. Who dat. Um, And everybody stay safe, and see you later. My monkey.